we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 66 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So today I'm rolling hard in the mobile doomsday studio going to check out a shooting range that I have not been to because I... um. Dude, I went down the rabbit hole, the uh, Ambrose, the white dog who you might see once in a while in my chat. Dude sent me this article. I don't know if you call it an article. It was um, more like just a, like, I don't know what do you call it. Like it's a thread posting and it was on this uh, on this site called Prep Hole, which I had never heard of. And like, I ain't really Mr. Prepper guy. Like my thinking was always, I'll just take what everybody else has. Like, fuck you guys, right? But uh, he sent me this this thing and it's this, uh, so I guess this site is like a message board and dudes just like post ideas and questions. And most of it seems to be kind of spurgery. But the guy that he sent me, it was from a few years back, I guess. But it was a dude that had lived through the whole like early mid 90s Bosnia situation. And he's, uh, and it was, it was kind of money because the dude is like, um, is like his English is kind of shitty. And he's like, uh, please, uh, he's like, please, I'm, uh, make very sorry for my bad English, but, uh, you know, so he's talking the whole time. And, um, and the guy's talking about what it was like in Bosnia after after everything went sideways and it was like no shit shit hits the fan like you're on your own Han Solo like no power no nothing like worst fucking case scenario and it was kind of I mean obviously not cool to be there but it was kind of cool to see somebody talk through um what their uh what their experience was like in terms of here's the shit that that went down here's the shit I wish I had here's shit that um that proved to be really valuable and uh it was it was pretty cool and a lot of it was like some stuff kind of echoed some of the things that you hear some of the prepping autists talk about and some stuff was like okay yeah man i can see that like you know some of these fucking spurgs like they just like you're you're wet dreaming man like it's not happening for you i don't know what page you're fucking on but yeah man i wanted to, i wanted to talk on some of that real quick and um and then I, th- I thought I'd give, like, well, I wanted to give like a quick two cents on kind of an observation that I had had listening to this, this whole Israel thing and just the, the way that this shit has unfolded and the way that, uh, that our broke dick government is just jumping through their own ass to get your tax dollars out the door and overseas to people who, you know, ain't you. And then last, I wanted to talk through a little bit of, um, a little bit of my very very minimal knowledge of uh, long-range shooting and I just put like I put in the chat man like I was thinking of getting out and about I have to go run some errands I'm gonna be in the car for a minute so uh, I said hey man if you got something you want to hear about hit me up and a dude hit me up and was like hey man talk some long-range shooting so um, yeah like I, I will preface and say like I was never sniper guy but um, I do have I mean obviously I have some shooting experience uh, but again I'm not 
fucking super sniper. Uh, I have some experience and I'll talk through that, dude. So, uh, but first, man, I wanted to get back to this, this prepping tip. So what this guy was talking about was like, it was pretty fucking cool. The, the stuff that, that the way this guy was talking about, look, here's how it went down. And obviously like your experience may differ, you know, like who the fuck knows what's going to go on where you are. And probably compared to Eastern Europe, wherever you live, you know, the fucking States in general, it's every place is different than every place else, man. Some places are wide open. Some places are packed with diversity. Some places will probably just implode and become, I mean, imagine Seattle, dude, imagine Seattle with the power off. Holy hell. Like the place is already, I mean, it's already walking dead. Like imagine it with no power. It's madness. You know, hopefully where I am, if, if things go completely pear-shaped, it, it wouldn't be too awfully bad. You know, you never know, right? You never fucking know. But what this guy was talking about, though, it was kind of like that thing of like a little, then all at once. You know, so he's talking about, yeah, even on the news, they're saying like, no, everything's good. Everything's good. Don't worry. And then a few people start getting concerned. And then there's a few people in the streets. And then, you know, the stores are like, hey, it looks kind of scant in here. And the next thing you know, like kablam, like everything's gone, everything's off, the banks are closed, uh, power's going out. He's talking about the city was surrounded, and obviously there was like the the political and religious situation there in Eastern Europe. And this guy was specific to be like, look, man, this is. He's, I think he said he was he's Catholic, but um, or Catholic or Orthodox. I don't I don't fucking know, dude. I'm not you know again. I'm not your expert on religion anywhere especially eastern europe but um he said look this this isn't about that dude like there's it becomes people just trying to fucking stay alive so that's what i'm going to focus on so what this guy was talking about then was like first a lot of looting dude like you got to be careful of looters and he's talking about like you can't trust anybody you know like suddenly like your neighbors but now like i can't trust this motherfucker i don't know what this guy's deal is I don't know, is he going to fucking just shoot me because he's got 10 kids or what? You know, because if his kids are hungry, like who the fuck wouldn't, right? Like that guy over there has got, he's stocked up nice and it's just him and his old lady and I got 10 starving kids. Like, yeah, sorry for your bad luck, Holmes. Like you can share or you can be done. And that's, he said, that's how a lot of it went down was you had to be really careful about, like, you can't trust anybody. You can't show people what you have. And he, and he was, uh, it wasn't that guy, but there's like little comments throughout. And, and that was one of the things that was like, people were talking about, yeah, like referencing back to some of these like prepper doomsday shows. And they're talking about like, yeah, dude, that's like number one fuck up is like don't tell people what you have because they're coming straight to your house man i mean that's what i would do i'm like bro i'm coming to your house but uh he's talking about some of the stuff some of the oddball stuff that i thought was interesting was stuff like bic lighters dude he's like there's people that would go like they'll walk a long fucking way to just get fire on a stick and then walk a long way to get back with it and obviously like you're taking chances the whole way you don't know if you're gonna get smoked or, you know, if somebody's going to come out and try to rob you or just shoot you because they don't know what you're up to, he's like, you just don't know. So he's talking about Bic lighters, dude. Like you buy, buy like a 50 pack of them, just keep them somewhere. They'll last a long fucking time. And uh, man, you can trade these, you know, down the road. You're going to be able to trade these for a lot of uh, a lot of whatever you need. Uh, he's talking about obviously ammo and weapons. That's I mean, that's a given. He's like, yeah, you know, it's illegal. A lot of stuff's illegal here. But if there's no police, then, you know, he's like, I'm having a permit 
but if there is not police, then who can say? Like, yeah, yeah, no shit, who can say? But so, yeah, obviously, I mean, rifle and bullets, that's, uh, that's good stuff. He was talking about, um, like, gold, money, precious metals. He's saying, obviously, like, money, that's, that's off the table. What the hell are you going to do with money, dude? Like, you're going to hang on to that for when the lights come back on in the unlikely event that that money's worth anything? You know, if they don't just completely redo the currency, like, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of that stuff. We're doing something new. Just like, you know, everybody just like go back to work. Cool. Uh, so he's like, yeah, I didn't worry about that too much. Gold and silver. He's like, yeah, if you feel like you're really set for long term, then good. But now you got to be careful because if people start knowing that you have this, now you got another problem. I was like, fuck, yeah, that's true. He did say that like uh, liquor, liquor was a monster commodity. And the way this guy described it was that there's a, there was a alcohol factory in his town. <laughs> How did he say it? Like he said distillery, but I, I think he didn't know if distillery was the right word. So in parentheses, it's like alcohol factory. You know, like there's little gnomes and, you know, guys in hats and the diversity hire and coveralls like churning out alcohol, you know cranking out that alcohol down at the alcohol factory. But he says, yeah, a uh, like a mortar or something hit this alcohol factory and people were like, oh shit. And they just hauled ass in there and started hoarding. So he's like, yeah, I had a fuck ton of alcohol so I could just, I could trade for this shit. And he's like, you can, like, it's cool because you can use it for a lot of stuff. Like you can use it to disinfect, like you can use it, you know, to treat wounds really. And, uh, and then obviously you can use it to drink, right? Nightlife doesn't stop. The party never stops in good old East Block. He's saying, like, yeah, man, times are good. People drink and times are hard. They drink even more. So they're going to want that booze. So, um, you know, if you have means to get it now. And then he was talking about some stuff like medical stuff. Obviously, it became a big deal. He's like, you need a way to, to treat small injuries because like the small injuries become big injuries. You know, and he's like food. Yeah. You know, food's hard to come by. People are starving. If you, you know, if you have a means of planning ahead, like do that shit, but you got to be careful. He did say, you know, a lot of, one thing I noticed that uh, a lot of these, how do you say, like stuff that you read or like blogs or people talking on this, you know, like self-proclaimed experts or whatever. Hey, which by no means am I, like I'm not Mr. Prepper, dude. I'm just a guy who, you know, ruins people's furniture. I don't know shit about like, here's how you fucking can some mushrooms to last 40 fucking years. I don't know shit about that. So, you know, if it all goes pear-shaped, like it'll be, I'll be the fucking villain in this picture. All right. Like I'll have my own theme music, but I don't have canned goods. I can tell you that these like self-proclaimed experts, uh, they're talking about like, yeah, man, you want to not have a fire. Like you want to, you know, you don't want to, people to smell you cooking stuff. And this guy's like, dude, it didn't really come up because there's always shit on fire. Something was always just blown up. He's like, people are shitting everywhere because the sewage don't work. He's like, sometimes there's stuff backing up into people's houses. Uh, he's talking about there's dead bodies just around, you know, because maybe somebody's trying to get into somebody's house and they just get smoked. And like, who's going to come fucking get them out of the street? Nobody. They're just going to be there. You know, so he's like, on all that, you guess. <laughs> I think that's how he put it was like, there's shit and smoke and burning things and dead bodies. You guess. Can you smell me cooking? You guess. Like, yeah, no, nobody's going to fucking smell you cooking, man. So um, that I thought that was interesting. Uh, he talked about some stuff like like paper plates and uh, like, like, yeah, you're going to want a lot of paper plates and this kind of thing. And that's, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, I could see where like if you have... 
regular dish type shit, even, you know, camping dish type shit. Now it's like, okay, well, I got to wash this. Do I really want to use water for this? Like, I don't want to use fucking water for this. I'd rather have paper plates, man. And he's like, you know, and don't fucking walk around thinking you're going to just eat with your hands because, you know, what were you wiping your ass with, right? You don't have toilet paper or, you know, if you do, it's few and far between and you're a dirty motherfucker. So like, what are you, you know, what are you going to be putting in your mouth here, friend? Think a little bit. So I thought a lot of this, it was really interesting to me, you know, hearing from somebody that has actually been in this this particular predicament. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so for me, man, I, uh, oh, shit, sorry, dude, it's been a long fucking day. Um, I read through that, and I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit, and I mean, you know the deal, man. I mean, maybe you don't, I don't know, but I mean, I'm like, I'm an autist like the rest of us where I'm thinking like, like if I watch one of those hoarder shows, you ever watch that shit where it's like some crazy lady that's got like trash from the seventies and like, Oh no, that's the bag that I brought my husband his last lunch in. And you know, and then he died a week later. So I saved that bag and like, they just got shit everywhere. Like, dude, if I watch one of those shows, like immediately, I'm like, I got to get rid of some shit around here. Like I can't, you know, if I get some shit like that in my head, I'm like, dude, I got to do something. I gotta fucking clean this place up. I gotta, I gotta do something. So obviously, I looked at this, this, uh, you know, doomsday shit, and I'm like, man, I gotta fucking, I gotta get my house in order, man. I gotta get some shit straight. I gotta see what I got. I and I, and I got a couple things. I don't have a whole hell of a lot, because again, I'm like, I'm just gonna find the other guy that has a lot of shit, and I'll offer to help keep him alive or make him be not alive. And and now I have a lot of shit. Surprise! I have shit. It's terrific. So I went down the rabbit hole a little bit and uh, organized some shit, got some shit rounded up. And dude, I don't really have so much shit as I thought I did, man. And like the way this guy was talking, I like I, I read this guy's thing and then he's got a couple of books out. And the guy's name is like Selko Grabovich or Begovich or some kind of itch. You get the idea. Selko something, S-E-L-C-O. But I remember you put that into, uh, what do you call it there? You put that into the the Scamazon machine and it'll spit out his books and he's got a couple and like a dumbass I didn't even know that I have one of them already on my Kindle thing account or whatever and it's this deal called uh, like some shit like true stories of shit hits the fan and I, and I remember getting it like yeah that'd be good to read at some point but like everything man like Antelope Hill fucking book club you know like I, I have all of these and I have read none of them but uh, it was it was pretty cool to pick that up and see what that guy said. But then I picked up this other book. I, I got a hold of this audio book. And I was like, yeah, it looks, you know, it's like one of those top of the list deals. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a look at this. And listening to it, it immediately became, I don't have, I don't have it in front of me, man, because I'm, I'm driving, obviously. And plus, I don't care enough. And I'm not going to recommend it to you because it's a little bit on the corny side. But uh, this dude, it's like a former... Air Force SEER school instructor, which SEER school, dude, I will tell you is, I'll come to that in a minute. That's actually a really good time. But um, this guy is talking about, you know, like getting his prep tip on. And it's basically like his plan, you know, sounds like I've got some stuff to stay alive for a little while, whether that's him and his wife and kid or whatever. But then from there, he's going to walk it off to some place that he's got picked out. And he's talking about like, you know, places where people would be renting out, you know, VRBO or uh, what's that other shit? Fucking Airbnb, like cabin type shit, like sort of off the grid type shit, like out of the way. Like he wants to be off and alone. So 
I don't know if he's planning to just infiltrate one of these places or if he's planning to, like, if he's got his own place. Like, dude, if you can afford, like, a cabin in the woods, like, probably you're fine anyway. You could afford to just haul ass. Oh, and that was the other thing that Selco East Block guy said was, like, uh, somebody had put a question, like, hey, what if you had a lot of money and what if you had da 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 He's like, well, if I had a lot of money and a lot of resources, my first course of action would be to just leave. Like, I'm not fucking staying here. I'm going to go somewhere else where everything isn't all fucked up. I was like, oh, well, there. So there you go. So, you know, if this guy's got, you know, I've got my cabin in the woods. Like, bro, I just get a cabin on the other coast. Like, get a cabin in another country. Get a cabin in fucking Mexico. You know, whatever. Get a cabin somewhere fucking else. So you can just, just cut away and be the fuck gone. Anyway, though, Air Force guy is talking about, like, yeah, I got my cabin in my woods, and uh, I got, you know, stock up there for uh, six months to a year. I'm like, motherfucker, if you've got that kind of cheese, like, <laughs> you got no reason to even be fucking concerned, man. I'm like, I don't have that kind of money, and I'm not hurting. But uh, I'm like, I don't have that kind of money where I'm picking up a little cabin off somewhere safe or, uh, you know, just hanging back. And I got a year's worth of stuff stocked up over there. I'm like, no, dude, who the fuck can afford that? But then, you know, the guy kind of goes on to basically poo-poo every other fucking idea that was like, oh, you're going to bug in? You're just going to wait for everybody to come and loot you? Oh, you're going to shoot at him? Oh, you hope you plan on staying awake forever? It's like it's like discussing prepping with a sorority girl or something. Like, what? what is this, dude? Like, what are you talking about? And, and especially after just reading through this guy who basically lived that shit, uh, you know, and in fairness, this guy, the East Block guy had said like, yeah, it was probably a little bit easier out where, you know, people had like farms and they could grow shit or, you know, you have access to the wildlife or you can move a little more freely. But he's talking about, yeah, man, where I was, it was, it was pretty fucked up. Like the, uh, the situation was such that we couldn't move freely. I was kind of stuck there. I was like, oh, well, fuck there you go so and i mean i guess that's kind of the variable of a lot of this is you just can't you can't say what do i what's my situation gonna be dude like yeah your block of the country is gonna be locked down i mean like this texas thing really you know in in the event in the highly highly unlikely event that it escalates beyond all expectation i mean you know what if it becomes a thing where like the federal government somehow gets in there or national guard somehow gets in there or texas national guard and suddenly it's like yeah you can't really move freely there's a lot of checkpoints you're only you're allowed to go here or there you can't use these roads or those roads because those are federal roads and and you're a fucking texas outlaw or some shit and it's like all right, well, I didn't plan for this. This doesn't fit into my one-size-fits-all fucking bug-out-to-a-cabin-in-the-wood plans. So, in that sense, I thought it was kind of interesting. They're like, yeah, man, you have to kind of consider, you have to stay a little bit flexible in terms of, like, what the fuck might go on here that I haven't really planned for. But for me, I, uh, I immediately went out and bought, like, three large handles of the cheapest possible vodka, which was... I had never shopped for cheap ass vodka before, <laughs> so like, uh, you could get like, I don't know, I don't even know what you call this, a handle, a big damn thing, a big damn thing of vodka for like 12 bucks I got it. And I was like, holy shit dude, like this is cheap investment, because I could see, I could legit see like, yeah, if shit goes sideways, like I can trade this cheap ass vodka for some extremely valuable shit. But who the fuck knows, right? So I just kept that shit on hand, and uh, I was like, yeah, all right, cool, man. I'll stock that someplace. 
And who knows, dude, you know what would be hilarious? I get all this shit put together and then, you know, I die of old age and people are rooting through my shit and they're like, what the fuck was wrong with this guy? This fucking guy's like got a mad stack of vodka. Like, what is this guy fucking planning to do? Just going to sit up here and drink, sit in the attic and drink my ass off. Like, hooray, fabulous. But, um, yeah, scored some of that. uh, And it does remind me I need to make some calls and see, like, what kind of gram-positive, gram-negative antibiotics have the longest shelf life. And, um, hey, quick talk on that, too, man. Like, uh, as medical concerns go, I should do, like, I should do a proper discussion of some medical concerns because that is something I, I sat through metric fuck ton of but uh as antibiotics go man um something that you can kind of keep in the back of your mind you know as dirty black summer starts to approach is that where injuries are concerned you start talking about antibiotics antibiotics are not a one-size-fits-all proposition uh antibiotics usually break down it breaks down into two categories you know in terms of oral antibiotics like pills and shit right and that's gram positive and gram negative and what that refers to is different kinds of antibiotics uh, to which microorganisms react so uh, how can I say like some it just doesn't react to this kind of thing so you can take all these fucking gram positive antibiotics you want but if, if, if it's a gram negative bacteria if it's a gram negative bacteria that you're treating you're not going to get any satisfaction out of this. It's going to be a lost fucking cause. So in that sense, it kind of, you know, when they say, yeah, man, you can't just go and buy antibiotics and just start fucking taking them. That's part of the reason why is because you take this shit. It might do nothing for you. It could actually fuck you up a good bit. So you got to, you know, you got to be cautious on it. But um, like topical antibiotics, you know, like referring back to what this East Block guy was talking about, was like some of these injuries, dude, uh, you know, you cut yourself, you fuck yourself up a little bit. You've got to clean that shit out. And like one, you know, washing it out, uh, get it cleaned out, keep it clean. Like stuff like, you know, I've seen guys get infections off of shit like tattoos. Like a guy gets a tattoo. I worked with a dude that got a brand new tattoo. And then I like I saw the guy and I was like, hey, how's that healing up, man? And he's like, bro, it's all fucking itchy. And he's like clawing at it. And I'm like, let me see this fucking thing. And he pulls up the sleeve of this dirty, nasty fucking shirt. And it's all red and nasty, and he scratched at it. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, first take this fucking nasty shirt off, go shower this fucking thing, and then put some put some antibiotic on this. Oh, really? It's just, it's just a fucking tattoo, dude. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's any kind of break in your skin continuity is a chance for bacteria to get in there and get nasty. And, like, the more goop and shit and nastiness you have on you, the more likely that shit is going to stay on you if you get it on you. So you got to pay attention to this shit. As antibiotics go, that's, you know, that's that's really, like, something you don't want to have to resort to. Topical antibiotics, like, you, you fuck yourself up, you cut yourself. All right, man, clean that up. Keep it clean. Let it air out. And then you put a little topical antibiotic on it. Okay, cool. That's great, man. But having to go to, like, oral antibiotics where you're taking pills... That's not, I mean, especially in an off-fuck situation, like, that's not a spot that you want to be in, man. Like, you want to let these things kind of iron themselves out on their own. And two, one of the things that uh, pretty much all of that, that material that I had mentioned was that people would be getting hurt, you know, in these, in these off-fuck situations. People are getting hurt because they would be trying to do things that they don't normally do. They're doing wazoo crazy shit. They're taking risks, they're doing shit, they're dodge ducking and dipping and diving. And like, 
What are you fucking doing? Like, if you don't need to do that shit, don't do that shit. All right, and I can understand it. Like, yeah, there's some kind of times I might I have to stay alive. Hey, guess what you have right now, man? You have time to get yourself into a position where in the unlikely event, things go completely pear-shaped, that you don't have to dodge, duck, dick, dive, and dodge. Dick dive? All right, whatever. But, um, but yeah, the idea, though, man, is that, like, you plan ahead now so that later you're not ducking between the fucking raindrops trying to figure out where your next fucking meal is going to come from. Right? If you plan that shit out now, you'll be a little bit ahead of the curve and hopefully the lights come back on before it becomes an issue. But yeah, again, as uh, as antibiotics go, man, I'm gonna I gotta look into that and maybe do a little study up, consult with some people. And that's you know, that's another thing, dude, that, that dude, you don't have to know anything. It's it also works if you know people who know something. So like some of this shit, like, hey man, what antibiotics are gonna be ideal, you know, for the like long term storage or an all purpose or like I'll call somebody else, dude. I'm not going to spend my entire life on my fucking internet trying to work this out. I'll call somebody else. And somebody else can just talk me through this shit. Somebody who fucking knows. Not some dingbat, right? Not some autist on the interwebs, but somebody who actually knows, right? Uh, so moving along then. Oh, yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, moving into something a little more colorful. Yeah, my Super Bowl just happened. That's um, that's a terrific time, dude. I uh, I had occasion to be in the presence of some of that good god dude some of that super bowl shit i will tell you dude like yeah i saw a lot of the news shit that was coming out and how they were you know they're trying to build this crossover episode of like pop music culture plus you know fucking my football and shilling this uh fucking what's her not taylor swift bullshit and dude, I'll tell you, man, I, I, one, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I don't know fucking Taylor Swift at all, but dude, this whole fucking, it's so fucking cringe, dude. It's just, it's, it's, it's fucking lame. And I look at it and I'm like, this is, this isn't for me, dude. But it is, you know, even when you see like, uh, this shit advertised and they got like, uh, there's a black chick playing the drums and there's a, a blonde woman singing a cover of a hip hop song or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's football, bro. It's fucking football. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. This is stupid. It's stupid and gay. <laughs> but, you know, don't tell these people, man. They are they are all about this shit. But I saw, uh, I saw some of these commercials, dude. And, um... I saw some ads for Jesus. I saw lots of ads for Israel. What I saw a lot of, man, what was, and I, I haven't quite got my head around exactly what are you trying to sell me here, was I saw a lot of these kind of touchy-feely, Hallmark moment, fucking feel-good commercials like, come on, bro, we're all in this together, bro. I think I even saw a commercial that said we're all in this together. We're all in it together, bro. Come on, bro. Same team, bro. And, you know, of course, then that was immediately followed by shilling for Israel that like, hey, man, you know, and, and also those poor fellas over in Israel, I mean, they've barely got a billion dollars to rub against another billion dollars. How are these guys supposed to get by, right? Like, we got to look out for these people. Yeah, in all, man, it was just god-awful cringe. I mean, if I got to look at one more mixed-race couple hanging out at their shitty apartment, I mean, it's just... It's vomitastic, you know, and when regular people, like absolute normies, are looking at this stuff and saying, like, yeah, dude, uh, it seems kind of conspicuous. Like, why are you always showing? Why is there always a black dude and a blonde woman? Like, why is that always, like, that's the TV couple? Why is that like that? That's extremely weird. It's, like, conspicuous in its ever-presence, in its ubiquity, if you like. 
but yeah, it's it's constantly there. It's always there, and um, I, I couldn't take no more, man. The uh, the Black National Anthem that is getting a lot of play on uh, on my Twitter, and somehow I don't know I don't know what it is or why it is, but I apparently like I lipped off once too often to one too many colored enthusiasts, and uh, man, so all I get now is like. Oh, here's uh, here's I don't know Africa today, and here is uh, Black Awareness, and here is Black History for Kangs, and like flying pyramids, like dude, come on, stop! I mean, my entire thing is, and I, maybe there's some kind of way that I don't know to like, can there? Is there a way I can make this not do this? Whatever that way is, I don't know what it is, man, because I am just being inundated with um, Africanus Americus enthusiasm. All right, so sorry for the. I had to get a little delay there, man. I had to step away and do some stuff, but I'm uh, returning to you not live from my secret underground layer, and uh, we can continue on with some of these items. I wanted to go over. Uh, I wanted to hit on some of the some of the dom- domestic hilarity. I also wanted to hit on some of this international stuff, and uh, one of the dudes in the chat had had uh, asked for a few quick takes on the. Tucker Carlson Putin interview. So I wanted to hit that as well. I mean, dude, as always, man, there's so much, so much weird shit going on. I mean, it's where do where do you even start? But I guess to start domestically, dude, there's been some some pretty solid hilarity happening out there. Top of the list has to be I mean, it has to be Joe Biden, man. This guy is a fucking balloon head deluxe. Like one, just the fact that this guy's running again. I mean, that's that really takes the cake, if you like. But I think this uh, this Putin interview really it kind of brings into contrast just what an asshat this guy is, man. And I'll kind of get into some more takes on the on the Tucker Putin interview here forthwith. But I mean, this poor bastard, dude. I mean, there was the there was the like the mistaking of the president of Egypt or the whatever you call it, prime minister of Egypt for uh, the president of Mexico, and then just. You know, yeah, I had lunch with some guy that's dead and just all kinds of crazy stuff, man. I guess all in all, like the overall political situation in the States is like, I hear like a lot of talk between like, is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be Biden? Oh my God, will they wheel in Big Mike? Will they bring out uh, Gavin Newstein or whatever, you know? And, And it's like, is any of these choices better than the other. I mean, from our side of the fence, you know, the only real appeal of Trump, I guess, is that Trump is not these other guys. I mean, these other people are saying pretty openly that like, yeah, I plan to rob you. I plan to dispossess you. I plan to have your kid in, uh, I plan to have your son in a skirt and I uh, plan to have your daughter on OnlyFans. Like these people are pretty straightforward. I plan to replace you dude with somebody from Haiti who can't speak English. I plan to have, you know, whatever bus your parents are on crash into another bus and everybody's going to die in a fire because that's who I'm bringing in, man. Enjoy and pay up, you know. The only if the only virtue of Trump is that he's not these other characters. Like is that really is that really anything to spend your time on? I mean, me, I can't say I'm really planning to vote and I don't know you know, I don't know, because you even say at this point that like, yeah, there's something to salvage. I mean, I guess this thing to send more money to Ukraine just got pushed through. Dude, I, I mean, I hear talk that like, yeah, maybe it's going to die in the Senate or whatever. I mean, or what, die in the House, die somewhere. It's going to die someplace. But I mean, is that really, is that really going to solve any of this shit? I mean, anything that anybody does, I mean, it's it's roadblocked at either end. So it's hard to say, like, is anything um, either a waste of time or a lost cause or even a disingenuous effort to kind of float it to you and say, like, look, see, I'm trying, I'm trying. When, like, dude, whatever you're doing was never going to go anywhere anyways because these people just don't give a shit. 
But I guess this uh, this Mayorkas character, he also got he got impeached. What through the House, I guess. And then you know the the talk there is that well, yeah, that's going to get squashed as soon as it moves along. And I guess historically, I've seen some stuff saying that like historically. When the House impeaches uh, somebody, I think there's only been like one other cabinet member in the 1800s that's ever been impeached. But historically, it would be weird for the Senate not to at least take it up and hear it out. I don't know that that ultimately means anything. I mean, maybe that means like they hear it out over beers and then they all go for steaks later or I don't know. Right. I mean, so on the domestic front, dude, I mean, it's just it's pants on fucking head. And um I guess the Texas drama continues. I haven't seen too much detail on that. I think it's still like kind of at a at a dick measuring contest, and I don't think anything really... I think that'll probably just peter out, because, I mean, these people are just getting trucked in anyways. I did see a copy of one document where the governor of West Virginia, I believe it is, was calling on the vice president to initiate... Is it Article 25? Is that the deal where the president is incompetent to maintain his office. I don't think that's too far of a stretch. I mean, if you've seen this poor bastard walking around at all, and I guess maybe that's part of, like, it's part of the deal, you know, selling your soul or some kind of shit of like, I don't know. I mean, I could kind of see how that conversation would go down where like, Hey, you're going to sell your soul. You're going to get what you want. And then some, like you're going to get, you want to be, you want to be a Senator. Guess what, dude, you're going to be president. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. But guess what? You're going to stay in that fucking spot until I say you're done. Like, well, yeah, but why would I ever want to leave? Right? Like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You say that now, dude. But I mean, when you can't remember your own fucking name, when you're bobbling around and making a complete fool of yourself, I mean, during that guy's moments of clarity, he's got to know that he hasn't got shit on the ball, dude. I mean, he's got to know like, dude, I got to go out there again and make a horse's ass of myself in front of the entire civilized world. I, mean, I don't know if you remember, like, before, uh, I don't know if it was before or right as that guy was taking office, man, some of the news outlets around the world, I think there was there was one, I think England and I think it was Australia, like, they were especially hard on this guy, like, playing some of the gaffes and just, like, Okay, and I guess that's going to be America's leader. That's the leader of the free world that you're seeing now, uh, stumbling and falling and unable to recite his lines. But I, but then, you know, at the same time, like how can Australian England really shit talk anybody? I mean, get fucked, right? Unless you're going to do it in like Arabic or Pakistani or from behind, you know, a steel mesh gate where you've been locked up because you're not allowed to possess a firearm. You know, I don't know what to say, dude. Like, you throw rocks if you want. He's an idiot, but he's our idiot. But, you know, idiot for how long? Anyway, so one thing I did think was interesting, though, is that um, uh, something I remember from years past is that this point, you know, before an election, usually the rhetoric and the advertisements and the debates and all this shit is, like, hot and heavy, and people are... You know, there's discussions and forums and town hall meetings and, you know, after school specials and the whole deal about like, what's it going to be? How's it going to go? But so far this year has been like nothing, fucking nothing. And, you know, obviously it's by design. And I couldn't say, if, is that just because you just don't want to talk about this fucking guy? I, I don't know. It would seem like if I was a left-leaning sort, like, you would at least want to field somebody that had their act together, that, that you could be like, look, our guy's got his shit together. This guy over here, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I mean, really, if you're on the left side of the fence, how do you, how do you see this going? I don't see the play. And I mean, honestly, I guess 
maybe that is the play. Is it like, dude, we don't have to make a play. I could wheel a fucking sandwich up here and say it's president and you'll fucking nod your head, pal. But you'll say like, yeah, I trust the sandwich. The sandwich knows best. You know, all hail sandwich. Because otherwise, man, that maybe that's your ass. And I don't think we're there yet. We're definitely not there yet. But that is one other thing that um, somebody had mentioned in the chat. Uh, I think it was uh, the dude redacted 1856, if I'm not fucking up your your screen name. Sorry if I am. I'm sure I probably am. But the dude mentioned like, yeah, man, it might be a good time to revisit some some anonymity concerns, some online security concerns. So yeah, man, I'll hit that as well uh, as we move along. But I want to get some of these room temperature takes out there for your for your listening pleasure as far as what shakes out in the uh short to medium term man who knows dude i think it's it, it's weird because it almost feels like there's there's weirdness out there but it's like that quiet before shit gets really fucking hectic like i don't know i think most people are almost just numb to the weirdness like if if dirty black summer like blm riots kicked off tomorrow it would be like yeah fucking whatever dude you know yeah just go ahead burn that town just Somebody give me a heads up when they get to my town so I can get out here and get loaded up, you know. But I don't know, dude. I guess uh, on the domestic front, my uh, my ultimate position is let's just wait and see. Looking overseas then, dude, I just saw like right this second before I started recording, I guess Israel and Lebanon are starting to go at it like good and proper. I guess Israel launched a bunch of shit into southern Lebanon. And I guess, you know, apparently that's where Hezbollah stages out of. And... I'm sure that there's you know, people that would say, you know, well, Hezbollah, that's not actually Lebanon. And Lebanon doesn't control Hezbollah. And maybe Iran does or it doesn't or whatever. And I, I kind of want to, how can I say, dude, clarify through unclarifying, I guess is the best way I could describe it. And here's, here's how I mean, man. Here's a, a comparison I will make. I went to, um, when I was in Southeast Asia, there was issues with, there still are issues, I'm sure, but at the time I was there, there were issues with uh, kidnap for ransom gangs. And the idea of kidnap for ransom gangs is just like it sounds, man. A KFR deal is they kidnap somebody and now somebody has to pay up and now that somebody gets cut loose. But it's the mechanism of how these kidnap for ransom gangs function that um, kind of parallels this Hezbollah-Iran situation. So with the KFR gangs, um, you know, if you said like, a Muslim separatist group kidnap these nurses or these missionaries or whatever. It's not usually that high visibility KFR gang or that high visibility separatist group kidnap these missionaries or these nurses or whatever. Usually it's some lower level fucktard gang that's going out there taking these risks. They're actually going and rolling these people up. So they'll go and roll them up. They'll go to, like, if there's missionaries doing, you know, whatever, giving polio shots to villagers somewhere. They hear about it. They show up. They snatch these people up. If there's armed guards there or there's police there or the villagers just aren't going with this shit and they fuck them up and it gets in the paper. Well, now all it is is local shithead gang gets smoked while trying to kidnap missionaries, right? But if they manage to roll them up, they roll up these, you know, say missionaries, they got these three or four missionaries, they take them back to, you know, some tent in the fucking woods, they hang on to them for three or four days. And now this low level nobody gang, they will contact the higher level like KFR gang or a separatist group or whatever political political action organization, you know, whatever. And they'll figure out how they're going to hand them over to them. At that point, that smaller level gang, they'll get some money, they'll kind of get paid up front. And now this this organization, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Islamic separatists for a, 
free and Islamic Asia, you know, whatever, I'm making it up. They'll give them some money, but they'll take possession of them. And then they'll put out, you know, to the major media outlets, hey, we have these missionaries. You better pay us $5 million, whatever. So that $5 million, that didn't go to that low-level gang. Maybe they got a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars, whatever. When this higher level, higher visibility organization takes custody of these people, that's when it becomes like, hey, we want a million dollars, two million dollars. We want release of this guy from, you know, country X or whatever. We want him cut loose and return to his brothers and wherever, whatever the fuck, right? So that's kind of the flow of this thing. And the, the idea here is that one, that this higher visibility gang has access to these media outlets. They have the phone numbers of these major politicians. They can call and say, hey, give us this money. We will know shit. Cut this guy loose. We throw straight dice. You pay us this money. We'll cut these missionaries loose. Everything will be on the level. Right? Low, lower level gang doesn't have that. They don't have the horsepower to keep a guy alive out in the woods for the month, the year that it might take to negotiate this thing. Right? They don't have the standing to say, yeah, if you do pay us, we will cut the guy loose because we have a track record and we throw straight dice. Right? It might be like, yeah, dude, you uh, you know, you get paid and then how do we know you're not just going to kill him anyway? How do we know you're not going to ask for even more money? You don't know that. So it's going to be a lot harder for that lower level gang to get a deal worked out. So the reason this works you know, in this comparison is because if this lower level gang fucks up, if they get smoked, if they slip up and you know they've got something in the background people figure out where they are now these guys get pinched they get jammed up they get shot this higher level organization could say hey man we don't have shit to do with that i didn't tell them to do that shit they did that on their own whatever these people are doing it's their business i don't know these fucking people so in that way it protects that higher level organization this these lower level people are taking all the risk all right, they're they're smaller. They can move more freely if they get caught. It doesn't have repercussions at a higher level, but it's these lower level guys taking this risk, and it's so it's sort of like a like a wholesale thing in reverse, right? Like the lower level guys, they're the wholesalers, and they're selling it up the chain this way. The same way uh, it works there is kind of what you see with this Hezbollah Lebanon Iran situation. Uh, this way, Iran maintains plausible deniability. Uh, and, and to what degree they are involved or aren't involved, I don't fucking know. I will imagine that they're involved to some level. If they weren't, I mean, if you were in Iran and you know, you've know you got a shot at destabilizing Israel a little bit, don't you think you would be like, hey, maybe we should get some guys on the fucking ground, make some friends, see if we can you know, exert a little influence? You know, if, this, if it goes well, I want to be able to take credit for it, right? If it goes to shit, I want to be able to push it off on someone else. But if it goes well, I want to be there like, yeah, that was us. We were behind that. Yay, look at us. Yay. So these higher level organizations like a state level actor like a Lebanon or an Iran, they're going to maintain that separation. And Hezbollah is going to function or even, you know, smaller groups like whatever little separatist group like some guy acting autonomously. There is coordination and that's well and good. But for us in the West and, you know, through European eyes, it's... You know, what we see is like, if you're not wearing the patch, or you're not wearing the uniform, well, then are you just acting completely alone? Like, no, there isn't really a completely alone. There's always a level of like, ominous, dominus, you're going to have to get permission if you're going to pull this shit. Like, you can kind of think of it like uh, the drug pink, the drug kingpin kind of thing. Like, you can't just show up and start selling on some corner. That corner belongs to somebody. You're going to have to fucking get permission. But then if you get pinched, like you're on your fucking own, right? So kind of looking at what's going on right now. Israel doesn't really have that same latitude, dude. Whatever Israel does is fucking Israel, right? So if they bomb a hospital, they bomb a refugee camp, and it's not separatist, that's not lone wolf, 
You know, that's not spin-off actors. That's not an extremist faction. It's fucking Israel. So in that way, they are, well, you would think hamstrung a little bit. You would think that would kind of keep a leash on them. But what you see with these people is like, they just don't give a fuck, dude. They are doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And like I said last time, man, I really believe that this is the point where they're willing to exchange that Holocaust card. Like they're cashing that shit in. Like, you're never going to be able to say you're the eternal victim again. And they're kind of like, yeah, that's fine, dude. I don't need to be eternal victim. I just need to fuck everybody up. And that's how they're proceeding. Um, but it does kind of put them in a tight spot vis-a-vis all the people who don't see the way those things work. So if you're if you're blowing up uh, a and I'm not saying that, like, Israel, I'm cool with anything they're doing. What I'm just saying is, like, this is how it appears to really to people that aren't so sharp on how this whole thing is and people that started paying attention in October, right? So this is what they're seeing. But they're in a tight spot vis-a-vis they're being engaged in the West Bank, in Syria, in Gaza, and now having to look cross-border at things going on in Lebanon with Hezbollah. And then you're also having issues with, uh, I mean, you've got this issue with Yemen, you know, threatening your uh, merchant, your merchant traffic. Oh God, merchant, your mercantile. You've got that to be concerned about. You've got Egypt is, and I mean, to whatever degree Egypt is ever going to kick anybody's ass. I mean, I think it's a lot of, comes across like a lot of bullshitting and flag waving, but I mean... They've been staging and mobilizing and consolidating and this shit for, I mean, it's it's got to be months at this point that like, Egypt is sick of it. Egypt isn't, oh boy, I'm telling you one more step. Oh buddy, one more, one more inch friend. And I don't know. But now I guess the last thing I just saw today was that um, Egypt is starting to stand up some areas where they're going to, I'm going to guess that they're going to set up some kind of a refugee type thing where they take in these Palestinians because these Palestinians, man, have been pushed all the way into, I think it's the south end of Gaza to a place called Rafa that's right on the border. And Egypt has had it blocked off. or like, you can't come in here. You can't just cruise across the border to where we're at. But it's become a deal where Israel's just, it's like 2 million people wedged into this fucking place. And Israel's just started bombing the shit out of it. So now if you're Egypt, you got to look at like, okay, well, am I going to be like the, am I going to be the anvil to Israel's hammer and just sort of facilitate this, this genocide? Or am I going to like let these fucking people in? We'll figure out what to do after. So I think that's what they're probably going to do is let whatever's left of these people in. And, um, and then if they ever do anything, who the fuck knows, man? I mean, I honestly don't think... They'll ever do anything. I think they'll leave it for somebody else to to start. Lebanon, I guess there's rockets being fired into Israel, like what I just saw just now, from Lebanon. But they're not really saying, I'm not seeing like, is this through Hezbollah? Is this under the flag of Lebanon? Like exactly who's doing this? Like what's the situation here? But it does seem like things are escalating. So the Lebanon front is escalating. The Egypt front stands to escalate. Um, the Syria issue is always there. And the only real thing I think that is keeping Israel from getting absolutely fucking smashed is the threat that the U.S. wades in and just fucks everybody up. And increasingly, it's, it's honestly, it's becoming apparent that the U.S. doesn't have the assets or the stones or any of this to really fuck up anybody anymore. I mean, we have missiles, we have tech, we have battleships, we have submarines. We have aircraft, 
But we also have all this stuff manned by diversity hires and increasingly repaired and maintained with outdated everything. Like, dude, everything is old. Everything is broke. Nothing is rolling off the line like brand new, ready to rock and roll. Uh, I mean, dude, even when I was in, I mean, we had helicopters that we called the whistling shit can of death because it's like you get in, man, and who knows how you get out. Like, you might go up okay, but there's just no guarantee you come down okay. And when you see something leaking and you're like, hey, boss, is it supposed to leak like this? And the aircrew guy is like, oh, yeah, that means it's full. If you don't see it leaking, then you can start to worry. You're like, God damn, dude, this is it's not a way to live. You know, whether whether we do have a superior capability to any of these people, that's up in the air. And what they think about it from their end is also up in the air. So we don't know what they think about what they see. And we also don't know, like, regardless of what they see, whether they have the stones to ever do anything about it in the first fucking place. So, I mean, I guess time will tell. And I really think, like, whichever way the U.S. ends up having to jump, whether it's towards a Russia or towards a China or towards a Middle East or, you know, what, dude, like, what is going on? Or even stand-up more capability inside the U.S. because we're being absolutely fucking overrun. I mean, overrun, and then you've got this deal of, like, these smart fuck, you know, the Republic cucks that are like, oh, I have a funny idea for a joke. I'm going to put all these immigrants on buses and send them to all the major cities. How you like that? Is that funny? Well, yeah, it's funny for, like, five minutes, dude. And then it's like... Hey, dickhead, you just seeded the entire country with people who don't like the people who are from here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, honestly, you could almost look at that as part of a a much larger plan. Yeah, man. So I think really it comes down to like, which way is the U.S. going to have to jump? And, you know, I think of it traditionally that when a new president gets in, usually the first thing he does is some kind of decisive action somewhere to sort of set the tone that like, hey, look, I'm the new sheriff in town. Don't fuck around on my watch. And, you know, as it is right now, like Joe Biden, like his only real decisive action is like, I'm going to decisively go put my hand up some girl's skirt. Like that's his decisive action, you know, from all appearances. But uh, other than that, man, I mean, that guy ain't, that guy ain't calling any shots. I think everybody knows it. So everything's getting a little bit loosey-goosey. I think whoever gets in next, like who knows? I mean, Trump is kind of a wild card, dude. If if some imagine like a Gavin Newsom, if a guy like that, or Gorilla Harris, if she gets in there, the absolute shit sandwich that would ensue. I think they would imagine themselves just smart enough to like, yeah, I'm gonna put my foot down. I'm gonna set some motherfuckers straight. And whichever way they jump, man, whichever way they jump, everything else is gonna break fucking loose. Like you jump towards fucking China. And like, yeah, we're going to mass out there. We're going to fucking show them, bro. Fucking Taiwan, bro. Hands off, bro. Like, yeah, great. You got all those assets there. Guess what's going to happen to fucking Israel? And while you might think that like, yeah, dude, Israel has a very firm hand on our government. It's really hard to tell, man. Like, it's really hard to tell what is the whole desired end state. Because this is what I was thinking of, you know, when I look at this whole picture. Like, there's what's going on in Asia, what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in Europe. And then you look at the U.S. and so much of this, so much of this shit hinges on what goes on in the U.S. And the reason, one of the main reasons that the U.S. is able to remain as such a powerhouse is because of just the nature of the geography. That uh, there's an ocean on one side, there's an ocean on the other side, there's a big fucking desert kind of right in the middle, and then there's all these motherfuckers with guns. So when you look at this, you look at like, yeah, dude, the U.S. is kind of 
a formidable situation. But the U.S. is also a fairly enviable piece of real estate. So if you look at like in Israel where things are becoming increasingly fucked up, like what if just the real estate Israel is on, they're like, you know what, fuck this. We want to go somewhere else. Well, where could you go? Well, I don't know. What's one of the best pieces of land on the planet? What has uh, oceans on both coasts, mountains throughout, kind of helpless allies to the north and south, like, you know, Mexico and Canada. And the only real problem with setting up shop in the U.S., is you, white man. You're the real fly in the ointment here. If you weren't here, they could just wade right in, set up shop. I mean, you've got your materials, you've got your production, you've got shipping going both ways, and you're sitting real pretty. So maybe there is a component I ain't trying to like predict too much, but is it really beyond the realm where we're like, yeah, man, we just toppled this U.S. situation. We truck in all these weird third worlders. These white people, we, we get as many of them as we can. We send them to war. We sort of push them out of the economy. We take the place over. We set up shop. You've got in-house third world labor. You've got rail lines running east to west. You could ship from both coasts. This place is a merchant's paradise, right? Everything you want, everything you need. What could be better than that? And if you really want, you could probably build some kind of a major thoroughfare between here and the Panama Canal, I guess, if you really wanted to and work things that way. I don't know. I mean, it's just an idea. And uh, but, you know, I don't know, judging by the way things are going, I'd say it's it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what shakes loose. Other than that, though, um, I wanted to uh, real quick, I guess, hit the uh, the Tucker interview and then a couple of uh, the questions from the chat. So the Tucker interview, man, I sat through this thing and I know I'm Johnny come lately to this, but um, I did think it was pretty cool. I sat through it and I enjoyed it. And instead of getting into some of the particulars, into some of the meat of it, uh, from kind of a 30,000 foot view, I thought one of the things that was really interesting was that one, that the guy was willing to sit down with a journalist from a hostile country. What this kind of suggests to me is that the guy understands Putin, I mean, understands that while the U.S. government is not his friend, is actually extremely hostile to him and hostile to the interests of his country, that the people here are not necessarily. And I say that because when I see Putin agreeing to like, yeah, man, I'll sit down and talk with you, sit down and talk with a guy that's not from a major network, that's not walking in here with a bunch of loaded questions, not walking in here with some trick fuck line of conversation. What it says to me is that, like, I just want to get some things out to the American people. I want you to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. This is kind of where I'm coming from and kind of give you some backstory. And backstory is what I felt like we got a lot of. And what made me laugh, man, was like, I've seen the memes where, like, there's Putin talking, like, four billion years ago, the Earth began going through a cooling period. And... Like that is funny, but it's also like in the true Russian style. Like if you've read any kind of Russian stuff, man, they do this, dude. They like they lay out this whole giant elaborate patchwork of like here's a situation, here's all the characters involved, here's sort of a timeline leading up to our story, which culturally I guess makes sense because I mean if you're just stuck in the freezing freaking cold for you know half the year. It's like, hey, tell me a story. Like, all right, man, we got time. Let me lay out this very intricate, you know, patchwork of a story for you. So I kind of appreciated that, man. It, it came across as very Russian that like, let me give you the whole story here and you can do what you like with it. 
so in that sense, I thought it was pretty cool. And plus, like in the West, dude, like we really, I mean, especially in the States, dude, I mean, we don't really have any idea. I mean, you don't have much idea about anything that goes on in Europe per se. I mean, like France, that's where they make bread, right? In Germany, they have beer there and there was mean guy with a mustache, right? I'm supposed to hate him. But Russia is like, I don't know shit about Russia. And this guy gave like a, a whole synopsis of like a lot of the history of the country and the region around Ukraine and so on. So I thought that was pretty cool. Moreover, I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, for a guy that is in charge of so much shit, in charge of what I understand to be like the largest block of land on the planet, right? While at war, you know, while at war in a conflict that is involving basically the entire world, this guy took this many hours out of his day. One, not just to set up and whatever backside work was involved in this. This guy took all this time out of his day, which is, I'm sure, a very busy day to sit down and have this conversation, which I thought was pretty cool. So it, it says to me that like the guy really did want to get his his position out there. And I felt like Tucker asked, he asked some hard questions. I think he was fair, you know, with some of the stuff that like you, you wouldn't be able to say that like this was a softball interview. He asked some hard questions. He was like, yeah, so you're a little bit bitter about this thing. And, you know, like where he, the suggestion about Russia joining NATO and, you know, why didn't you take any of this action years ago when you could have? And he asked some hard questions. Putin did make the good point, though, that, um, well, dude, I, he says, like, I'm not going to get into, like, some kind of a propaganda-type conflict here, you know, because who's going to beat the U the U.S. at that? You know, if you're going to try to get some kind of talking point war out there, I'm not going to engage in that because the U.S. will, there's not a way you can win on that front. So he really just kind of laid out his position and in a lot of ways just sort of left you to figure it out on your own. Like, look, here's a situation, like, what do you think about it? I did think it was pretty interesting in so far as... Um, the guy really kind of uh, put it out in a way where it would be really hard to give, you know, for the U.S. to send support to Ukraine while at the same time sending money to Israel. You know, it's hard to do that with a straight face. I don't know to what degree he does or doesn't appreciate the fact that the U.S. government is going to do whatever the hell they want regardless it was kind of interesting that like he's talking about like, look, dude, we have historical, like long running history of owning this block of land. And he's talking about like the Western part, like this block over here in Ukraine. We didn't even own that. That was part of Poland. Maybe Poland just comes and takes that back. So like, obviously the guy is not approaching this from a perspective of like, yeah, I just want more land, dude. Fuck you. What are you going to do about it? It's, it comes across and whether it's genuine or not, but does come across as like, look, dude, this has been ours. This is something that's been ours. You people are wading into it and presenting a threat on our doorstep. So this is what we're doing. So in that sense, I thought it was, I mean, it was about as good of a look as you could hope for. But moreover, I thought, and I've thought this, you know, whenever you see interviews with Russian politicians, with, you know, with Lavrov, with uh, Medvedev, whenever you see these guys, you hear them talking like these guys aren't talking from these rehearsed, shitty, canned uh, little talking points. Like a guy asks a question, these people answer that question. They entertain a little bit, a little bit of the the in the weeds nuance, and like, well, kind of this, sometimes that. But everything they answer is like, God damn, the guy makes a good point, man. Like these are obviously very intelligent people, and they got to that position because they, in large part 
were probably, if not the smartest guy, one of the smartest guys in the room. So they get out there and they explain their positions, they answer the questions, and they make good fucking points. You contrast that to these fucking mumbling idiots that we have running the show in this country, man, and it is genuinely painful. It hurts me. It hurts. And even hearing it through an interpreter, you know, when you're hearing uh, Putin speak or Lavrov speak and you're hearing it through an interpreter, working through an interpreter, man, you lose a lot of nuance. You lose a lot of the subtlety of a conversation. So a lot of that stuff, you know, like if it's us talking, it's like, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I see what you did there, right? Like you said this, but you meant that, but also this, right? There's, there's a lot of subtlety and nuance in there when you're a native speaker. When you're listening to something through an interpreter, a lot of that is going to be lost. So when you're hearing like a Lavrov or a Putin talking and you're like, damn, you know, the guy makes a pretty good point here. You can pretty much bet that like, yeah, this guy really has his shit together. And I'm not trying to chug these dudes. What I'm trying to say is that like for a leader of a country, if you're going to represent several hundred million people, this is what your leadership should look like. Somebody who gives a fuck, somebody who has an answer, somebody who's prepared to walk out there and say, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. If you've got a different opinion, tell me and I'll tell you what you think about it. But otherwise, here's what's going to happen. That's leadership, man. What we have here is bullshit. What we have here is a fucking broke dick puppet show. All right. We have a bunch of knuckleheads out there that whoever the fuck is pulling their strings, shoves them out the fucking door and they're like, go out there and say this shit. Say what I tell you to say or it's your fucking ass. And they go out there and they say it. And when there's the first fucking question of like, I don't really understand what you're getting at here. Their only answer is like, uh, I don't really know either. So let's move on to the next question. Or like just a shitty repeat of the last talking point that they just wheeled out there. Just say the exact same thing again. In that sense, man, it's really, it's enough to piss you off to look at what's going on here. And you're like, you guys can't even bother to put up a decent fucking show for us. Like, pretend that I'm getting something for my money, you know? It's piss fucking poor. Moving on then, man, I wanted to hit... I'll hit real quick on um, some of these... Uh, like, revisit some of these personal security concerns. And then uh, I'll talk real quick on some long-range shooting. And some, like, some shooting basics. So, uh, personal security concerns, man. Um, the dude in the chat... So, the dude in the chat had brought up the concern about, like... It might be a good time to remind guys to use VPNs, be using, um, you know, anonymous email type shit. Yeah, I will remind you to do that, man. Um, get a VPN, use a VPN. I've got, uh, I got NordVPN. I've been satisfied with it so far. It's affordable. It's all that shit. I guess there's other ones that, um, you know, uh, ProtonMail's got one. I think Brave has one. Some of these are pay services. Like a lot of these are, you know, you got to kick down to get this service. If you're doing that, like be aware that every one of these VPN services, it'll say right in their user agreement that like, hey, if, if law enforcement inquires about like, we need to take a look at what's going on here, uh, we're going to we're gonna comply. We're going to comply with my law. So for you, obviously that means like, don't do anything fucking illegal. Don't do anything stupid. Don't call for, don't suggest, don't plan, don't do any of this shit. Don't joke over my interwebs about doing some kind of shit that's going to get you hemmed up, all right? That's going to put you under the microscope. Just don't do that shit. To caveat that, what I will say is that I don't know to what extent there are or are not bad actors out there that are willing to like, you know, say hypothetically some guy works at Google or some guy works at, you know, hypothetically again at NordVPN or at any of these VPN services. 
that somehow has visibility on your data and then somehow forwards it to some group that wants to throw a brick through your window. All right. I don't know that that's not a possibility. So with that in mind, uh, it's worth considering something like just go get a fucking prepaid credit card. If you're going to use this shit, you get, get on there from like, you know, I don't know, like a hotel lobby on the free internet, stand up an email address, use that email address and your prepaid credit card to get onto this VPN service. You get the VPN shit stood up. Now you can turn that shit on, go back to your house. And now once you log on, you're like, poof, like your shit at your house is never going to appear in any kind of shouldn't appear in any kind of traffic. If you want to go a step further, you can use the VPN and the Tor, that's the Onion Router network, and that's like that dark web shit, and it's it works. I've used it before. It's a little bit clunky. It's a little bit difficult, but um, again, this is not so you can do some, some retarded shit, some fucked up illegal shit. Uh, this is really just a just-in-case down-the-road type shit. If, if people start rounding people up for ideas, if people start getting some bricks through their window, then it means it's already too late for you to start planning ahead. All right. Some other things that you can do, get the fuck off social media, man. And if you've got, like I had for a long time, and I still have a Twitter, uh, but if you've got like an Instagram or a Facebook or any of that kind of stuff, then you can have that kind of stuff, but don't have your face and your name and your address and pictures of your house and pictures of your kids and where you work and all this shit, man. Don't have that shit, dude. I did a um, I did a consulting gig once for this, this group of people that was... Um, they were people who made more money than most people. Just say it like that, man. They're not high-vis people. Like, you wouldn't recognize any of these people's names, but you would absolutely recognize some of the things that they own or the things that they run. You would definitely uh, recognize that. So the person heading up this this uh, service, they said, hey, man, I'd like to put this together for my for my people. Can you, can you sort something out? I said, yeah, man, I'll put something together. I said, just give me names. Just give me names and cities. I'll do the rest. So this guy gave me names and cities um, with just like, I think it was, I used a, one of these find a people, you know, open source record search type things. It was like 10 bucks for, I want to say like a month at a shot or some shit. So with just names and knowing what city I'm looking for, and I've got a rough idea on the age, I could go through these services. I could find these people's addresses. I could find, it would cough up their social media. It would cough up people connected to them. Right. So in a, in a few cases, I was able to find shit like, look, I know this is where this guy works. So I know that I have the right guy. I look at his social media. I see that he's got a wife. I look at his wife's social media. All right. I go down the rabbit hole on her. Now I see where she works. I see they have kids. I see on their social media, they're posting where their kids go to school. Okay, so now if I know that your kids go to school here, I know that you live here, I know you work here, uh, I can, if I want to spend one day, two days watching, I'm going to know if either your kids get on the bus or if you drive them. And if you're not driving them, then I'm going to know that when you leave your house, this is the way that you're going to drive to work because it's really the only practical route, you know, between your house, then the freeway, and then, you know, off ramp to work. So, and I, and I showed this to these people, like, look, here's a test case, right? So like, here's your house, here's your wife, here's where you work, here's where she works, here's the route you take to work. Uh, I'm going to have one team here, they're going to snatch you out of the car, and I'm going to have another team over here, and they're going to hit the school bus, or just snatch your kids up when they get off the bus, because you ain't going to be there to pick them up, All right? So this, this is a very valid concern, man, and this guy was like, he was fucking fighting mad. Like, this guy wanted, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to fucking help you, dude. 
He's like, oh, no, but I had pictures of like his kids. I had pictures of his dog. I had all this stuff, dude. I had this guy's whole life like on one fucking PowerPoint slide. And I'm like, look, dude, I am your fucking friend. I am helping you, dude. I am showing you where horrible shit can happen to you. I'm like, you ain't the richest guy in the world, but if you got more money than me, then this is almost worth my time, isn't it? Get it? So take this shit off of there, right? Because it doesn't do you any goddamn good. Like, you know, somebody's got your name and you're like, yeah, but I use a VPN. But then you got your fucking face and your wife and your kids and all this stuff. Your whole life is right there on Facebook. That doesn't do you any good. So get that shit off of there, dude. So another step you can take then, man, is um, hiding yourself via these people search type fucking things. These open source search type engines. And one of the things that I've used is this deal called Delete Me. You can use like Delete Me or I think there's one called Deceit Me, Deceit.me, some kind of shit like that. But the idea here is that you kick down some money. Again, like all this shit costs money, dude. Why everything got to cost money? It just fucking does. But um, you kick down to these services and it'll just automatically, you know, you enter like every email you've ever used, every phone number you've ever had, every address you've ever had, and it'll just go through and like whap, 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 whap. And it'll just like search constantly and it'll find stuff and then it'll send like automated all the little requests that have to be submitted to like hey remove this guy's stuff from here remove this remove that <clears throat> so that's one way that you can keep your your name and your face out of this stuff another way that you can kind of hide yourself that i think is pretty cool is you know when you think of the idea of camouflage whenever we say camouflage we're always thinking of like I'm concealing where I am, right? So I'm over here, like I'm in the bushes, but I put on some camouflage and you can't see me in the bushes. The idea of camouflage is not appearing where you are as well as appearing where you are not, okay? So you being able to hide in the bushes and nobody sees you, or maybe you're hiding in plain sight and you're just dressed like an everyday schnook and you just kind of blend in, okay, that's also camouflage. Um, but also appearing as something you're not or appearing to be where you are not. That's another form of camouflage. So a way you can do this is go ahead and stand up fake, uh, fake social media accounts. Put like pictures of like get on like Facebook and steal other people's steal other people's families if you like right like get on there and like find a guy married to an Asian chick and take pictures of his kids and pictures of her and like live somewhere near them and what you can do man is um, sometimes if you you know when you do this people will take the image and they'll like reverse image search it which will spit out you know, this person's information will be like, oh, this is, this one's fake. If you want to hide that as well, just take the image and then just go to edit on your computer and just flip the image, just flip it like left to right. And now when they image search it, it won't come up with anything except wherever you put it. So like, for instance, if I want to be, I want to be coffee and I live in, let's say fucking Bismarck, North Dakota, right? So now I get on there and I find like, uh, a picture of some guy in like I would probably shop in Northern California for like some family that's got some white guy with an Asian wife. I'm going to take his Asian wife. I'm going to take his half Asian kids. I'm going to take those pictures. I'm going to save them in a folder. And I'm going to flip them all. Flip, 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 flip. Give them all little fake names. I'm going to put them all onto my little profile about me in North Dakota. And now like whenever somebody looks like they're looking for Where's all the coffee longs? Like, ah, oh, coffee long. Oh, here's that bastard. He's in North Dakota. Ah, oh, look at him. He looks like such an asshole. Oh, this fake bastard. Look at him. He's married to this Asian woman. Oh, he's a liar. I'm going to get him good. Right? Knock yourself out, friend. Knock yourself out. And, you know, maybe they're sending somebody running around North Dakota like, oh, I can see this water tower from, from this picture. Where is that? If you stand up three or four of these in different places, like not, don't, don't say your coffee long. Like say you're, you know, you, but with another name. 
it's going to be like it's goose chase deluxe. Like they're never going to fucking find you. And, you know, and then at the same time, get rid of the one that's actually you. Get rid of the one with the picture of your kids. Actually, that's that's amateur night, dude. Don't do that shit. And then last is to, as far as security goes, man, um, never cross the streams, man. Don't send stuff to normie things from any kind of our thing email account. If you've got an email account that you want to use like VPNs, you want to write out dissident talking points, you want to take edgy positions, do that shit from that account and only that account. Don't never cross the streams. Don't never say, you're like, I don't say I'm coffee long on whole other like normal life emails. I don't say I'm me on any kind of like coffee long or other wacky. Dude, I have like, I got to have like 10 different emails, man. And like a gaggle of different aliases. I have three that are women. Like I have chick aliases that are like, yeah, my name's Janet something or other. And it ain't really Janet. Nice try, Fed man. Put your fucking pen down. But um, yeah, man, be a chick alias. Be some black dude. Be a guy married to an Asian chick. Be, you know, a Mexican gardener. Be whatever the hell you want, man. Like, be something far as possible away from yourself where it's like, oh, no, it's not this guy. Just constant fucking smoke screens. Is it a pain in the ass? Yes. But so is having to move after motherfuckers start throwing rocks through your window. All right. So you want to get out in front of weird shit like that. So last, man, um, somebody had mentioned the topic of long-range shooting. So first, man, I will say that, uh, like I caveated in the in the chat, I'm not sniper dude by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. I can shoot a decent long way. I mean, I've made some, some long shots, but um, like as far as all those skill sets go, I will say that, no, dude, that is not me. But I will tell you some of, um, some of the things that I've learned over the years because I have done a fair bit of shooting. Um, so first I will say that, um, good shooting is about good mechanics, like anything, dude, like so many, many things. All right. I will say that, uh, you've got to get, like, it comes down to good body position, your grip, your stance. If you're going to shoot, like you're talking about shooting long range, you're talking about body position, dude. So this is having everything relaxed and often as not shooting supported, uh, guys will just throw any kind of shit down there on the ground, like a gaggle of you know gear or like a bag or whatever. You got to get to where you're taking the same position the same way every time. It's just like golf or something, man. The more you can make it exactly the same, cut out all the variables. The more variables you cut out, the less variables are going to come into play as that bullet moves down range. All right, so we're talking we're talking about body position. One of the things that guys hit on really hard is what's called natural point of aim. So you get out there, you get all laid out, and now the idea is you're getting your same cheek weld, same eye relief, so the same everything. The cheek weld is where your cheek rests against the buttstock, all right? So the same everything. Now you take a couple breaths, now shut your eyes, keep breathing a little bit, now open your eyes. As you look through your op with optic or even if you're using iron sights, you look again, you should be aiming at the exact same place. If you're not, it means that you're using muscle power to put those sights on target. All right, so you get on target, take a few breaths, shut your eyes, and when you open them again, it should be right at the same spot. So now in terms of taking the shot, the idea here is that you don't just look and like, yeah, I'm lined up over the target and pull the trigger and off you go bang. All right, that's that won't make the cut. You know, like up close, like shooting inside a structure or shooting, you know, inside... 20, 30 meters or something. Yeah, you can just say like, I'm going to shoot now. I'm going to shoot now. I'm going to shoot now, right? Just bang, 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 right? It's not going to have that much of a of an impact. 
it's going to work more the way you would imagine it would work. Shooting long range is a, it's a different feel altogether. So it's like a kind of a process. So the way that I learned it was sight alignment. If you're using iron sights, you're lining up your sights as they should be lined up. If you're using an optic, which is ideal, then it's just, you know, just get your, get your cheek weld where you can see the optic clearly. Sight picture is where you want that sight in relation to the target. So if, you, if you're going to train to like, I aim at the bottom edge of the target or I aim right dead center, whatever your thing is, do it that way, but do it that way every fucking time. So you've got sight alignment, sight picture, you've got your good body position, you've got your good cheek weld, everything is the same way as you always do it. And now when you get ready to take your shot, the idea here is that you're all lined up here. And now you come off safe and you take some breaths. And the way I learned it was like, breathe, 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 all the way in, halfway out. And that's going to give you like a real nice setup. And now you can start your pull. So you got your hand not squeezing tight, not loose and sloppy, but you got your hand just comfortably gripping the trigger the way you might hold a bird, right? Like you're holding on to it so it can't get away, but you're not squeezing the fuck out of it, all right? And now with your trigger finger, that's the only thing that moves. That's the only thing that adjusts. So all this other shit stays absolutely stone still, absolutely the same. And you start that nice, smooth trigger squeeze, right? So that's the only thing that's moving. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. And when the shot goes, it's what we call surprise break. So it should be a surprise when that shot goes. So side alignment, sight picture, squeeze, 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 front side focus, and then squeeze, bang. And now there's what you call follow through. So the shot goes and now your mindset is, I'm just going to like, like lay here and feel it go. All right. If you get in the habit of like, bang, and now I'm going to look, oh, where'd I hit? How'd it go? Don't do that shit. Just let it go. Like your whole body is relaxed and you got to be mindful of this because what guys will do is they'll be ready to take the shot and they'll be focused on what they're seeing They'll be focused on their breathing, but they'll do things like what dudes would call toe fucking the gopher hole. They're like digging with their feet in the ground, like pushing off their toes. And anything that you're doing, that like anything that you're doing, any kind of muscle movement that's like untoward or burning any kind of energy or moving at all, it can it can affect your shot. So you don't want anything to move. You want to be completely still with the exception of just that trigger finger. That's the only thing moving. So sometimes it can take a while where you're like, you got your picture, you got your picture, and then like squeeze, 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 squeeze. But you're trying to like, maybe sometimes there's a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement, and you're trying to time it just a little, just a little at a time, but you'll start to feel like, dude, I need to breathe. So if that happens, just let off and take some breaths because one of the first things to go when you're trying to take the shot and you're holding your breath is going to be your vision. It's going to start to be affected. So the way this works is that like your body needs to stay alive, right? You need oxygen to stay alive. So when your body starts feeling that like, hey, I, um, I have an issue with the oxygen levels, right? What will happen is it'll start shunting blood away from extremities. So if you're just holding your breath for a little while, it's not going to become such an issue, all right? But it does start happening. And one of the first things to go is your eyes. So it starts shunting some of the blood away from like, yeah, man, we don't need to be looking so much. We don't need to be feeling with our little fingers. All right, so you'll notice that's why like, if you hold your breath a long time or if you hyperventilate something crazy, it fucks up the uh, the oxygen levels like in your in your distal extremities and your fingers will get tingly, right? Because things aren't functioning the way they're supposed to. Your body's not completely sure what's going on. So it starts shunting blood away from those distal extremities. 
So that's where your vision comes in as well. So it's going to be like, you'll start looking and you're like, I'm focusing, I'm focusing, fuck, where'd the target go? Oh, fuck, where's the sights? That means you need to breathe, dude. So just reset, take your finger off the trigger, take some breaths, lay there for a second. Don't just like, and then get right back on the gun. All right, so get your good breathing pattern all the way in, halfway out, off safe, finger on the trigger, good sight picture, squeeze, 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 bang. And now follow through, just lay there, let it go. And now look and see how it came out, all right? And then reload, recock, and go again if you need to. So maybe next time we'll talk through some current concerns on like urban sniping and observation, building uh, building a good spot to shoot from. I just wanted to go over some of the, the basics that'll get you a good long-term shot. I mean, I think a lot of cats will go out and buy some really expensive, like a really expensive gun or really expensive optics. And at the end of the day, all you really get is a gun that shoots better than you do. Like some of the heaviest hitting snipers in history are shooting off like shit guns, right? So if you get to a spot where like all your mechanics are perfect, then getting a really nice gun is just going to make you that much better. But start with the mechanics and go to the gun after, all right? So that's all I have for this time, man. We'll see what we talk about next time. But until then, man, feel free to leave this where somebody can find it. You want to hassle me, I'm on the Twitter at coffee, I think underscore long 14. Um, and of course, on the Telegram at the Abuse Hour and accompanying chat, come in, talk some shit. This crummy show is also available wherever shiesty product is sold. The Spotify, the Apple, whatever. Until next time, man, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I have been Coffee, and these are my takes.